Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports with Tyler Drake and Eric Ruby. What is going on, everybody? Tyler Drake here with Cardinals Corner, an Arizona sports podcast. And I'm joined today by not only my trusted co-host, Eric Ruby, who is on the phone as he's still recovering from his uh, sickness. We also have Jeremy Schnell, multimedia producer and co-host of State of the Sun Devils, another Arizona sports podcast. So thank you uh, both for taking the time to jump on, especially you, Eric. I know you're still uh, recovering and, and shout out to Jeremy for doing a little double duty with me today. Happy to be here. Oh man, I'm I'm pumped. I mean, especially you know with what ASU football is going on. Like, I feel like Jeremy's having a pretty good day, but <laughs> I'm happy to be back on the pod, Tyler. But I'm gonna be honest with you. It's just like they the Cardinals wanted to welcome me with a new way to lose. They said, "Welcome back." Here's twenty five twenty four. We lost. It's just bad. Exactly. As Eric said, 25-24, the Cardinals drop a heartbreaker to the Los Angeles Chargers. Looked like the Cardinals were uh, the team to beat for at least the first half. And then, like uh, like I guess the broken record of this team, the uh, they just got in their own way, plain and simple. And uh, I think the biggest uh, part that we should really hit on first is <laughs> the end of the game. There's three really, really, really ugly possessions on Arizona's part, and that really led to them falling off just at the end of the game. Just, I mean, it, it kind of had the feeling of that. After the first first half, everything seemed like it was going Cardinals way. Third quarter comes around. You get that missed field goal from Matt Prater. Turnover to the fourth quarter. Three possessions to to really put the game out of reach. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Three and out. Three and out. Three and out. Gives the Chargers just enough time for them to uh, figure out and score. And not only that, two-point conversion. They went gutsy, and they uh, they got it. Cliff Kingsbury did not, and they got the L. So what was, uh, I guess, just your first reaction to them really falling off at the end there, Jeremy? Um, I, I think what happened was the Chargers kept trying to give the Cardinals chances to win this game. Oh, oh yeah. And the Cardinals went three and out, three and out, three and out. Um, One-minute drive, one-minute 27-second drive, 31-second drive. Worst one. Um. You got to run the ball when you're up, obviously. But there were just so many weird plays. I, I, I get that they're trying to get the small chunks. Once you get behind the, the sticks, uh, as uh, Kyler and, and Cliff like to say, or behind schedule, they like to say. Um, obviously, on, on that first drive in, in the fourth quarter, Connor had negative one yard on the first play. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get a chunk back to be able to get to, to get it to third and manageable. And it just doesn't work. They incomplete pass. And. It ends up you give you give the cardinal or the chargers too much time to get back into the game, yeah, and uh, too many chances, and uh, the cardinals lost this game. The chargers didn't take it. The, the chargers didn't win it. Yeah, they didn't win it. The cardinals yeah. handed them this win. Uh, yeah. Eric, Eric, what do you what do you got to say about those final three possessions? What stood out to you? I'll tell you what, man. It's a disturbing pattern. If you take away a certain last second play against the Bills with DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. you'll find it pretty hard to see this offense rise to the occasion in the moment at the end of games when they're needed. When Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury are needed, they have not stepped up to the plate. They, they just haven't. The defense has had some incredible late game plays, and obviously the defense have also had, has had their problems, but offensively, you know, Kyler's one of those guys 
that you're like, man, when our back is against the wall or when we need to get a first down, all you need is to not go three and out. Yep. Right? All, all you need is to not have some momentum go away. We're not talking come from behind down seven points in the fourth. Like you're playing with the lead here. And even when you're playing with the lead, even when you're in a position of power, when it comes down to it, fourth quarter, crucial plays, our favorite word, they just don't execute. They just don't. And it's frustrating because when you're in the beginning of the season and they struggle in the first half and they can't get things going and then they have to rally in the second and then still fumble it. Now they seem to have fixed that. They're playing from ahead. Mm -hmm. They're starting off strong. And now what happens? You get last season where you start strong and you crumble. And when you're in these fourth quarter positions and you're a team that could be on the playoff edge right now, I mean, they're on the farthest part of the edge that exists, but you could be closer. The outer rim. It's disappointing. It's disappointing to see a number one pick, not and not just him, but in the team around him, not be able to step up every single time, man. Every single time. Yeah. On the game winning drive for the Chargers, think about how much we'd be absolutely killing Cliff and the Cardinals if they threw it short with 18 seconds left mm-hmm. and and had to get Eckler, like Eckler did, had to yeah. dive. Like, think about how gutsy that is. That, like, how, how Staley called that play. He put his players in a position and they did it. Right, but here's the thing. Like, we, we've seen it time and time again with this team where they're making decisions like that and it's not working. Yeah, yeah. And and is that more on the coach or is that more on the player? I, I I can't make that decision, but what I can say is when I look at these players and this team, they care. Oh, the hundred James yeah, Conner. I mean, I can tell you right are. now, James Conner was was you could it hurt his soul and it hurt Buda Baker's soul to have that L today. It's not a thing of effort. It's not it's not a thing of you know of them not caring. They care. They you know some of these players. Would are you on, say it's a would you say it's a problem with scheme then if, if they care? And, and we, we can all say that it, they, they got talented players, that they've got some of the most talented in the league. And what's what's the disconnect? Why can't this work? I'm glad you said that, Eric. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up scheme. Because, <laughs> because, because in the postgame press conference, Kyler Murray was asked about the fourth and one call in the second quarter that led to his uh, one and only interception today. Terrible uh, play call. <laughs> Terrible everything all around, I'll tell you right now. Well, let's hear what Kyler Murray thought about that. No, it wasn't that wasn't for Hop, actually. Um schematically, I mean they kinda we we were kinda Schematically they were kinda bleeped. Well I Does that say... mean that they were really good? I don't I don't understand <laughs> why it was bleeped. Schematically well, we were brilliant. I mean like... look back at I mean look at the play. The the Chargers had that play read the whole time. The whole time. The whole time. The safety came down, got on Trey McBride. That was clearly who they wanted to go to. No separation there. Tried to throw it up to D-Hop. Threw it short. Got picked. Just ugly. Terrible play calling. You're running the rock so effectively at that point. Give it to Connor. Let Kyler Murray do it himself. Do something like that. But to to throw it on fourth and inches was just a terrible play call. On your own, what, 30-yard line? You don't do that. You have fast receivers. Run an out route. If you're, if you're, I, I think that's what they were trying to do there. Yep. And schematically, it didn't work. And and just going back on my take on these last three possessions, I mean, that last one was was the killer because it's 31 seconds off the clock. Yeah. Terrible. On your own 10-yard line, you get three plays, you got to punt. I mean, you're giving them good field position no matter – I mean, Andy Lee's not kicking it all the way down the field. And Kyler right. made the right decision to take the sack there. 
to run the clock. If like he he couldn't get out of mm-hmm. uh, he couldn't if he couldn't get out of that, and if he goes back anymore, it could be a safety. Yep. So he made the right decision to fall forward like he did. But it's just it's just I mean, come on, you've guys like I said, you've got to utilize the run game. Like you said earlier, Eric, you've got to utilize the run game. You have to, Cliff Kingsbury has to put his players in the position to win. So I guess that takes me to the next point. There has been a lot of talk, a lot of rumors. Even our own Dan Bickley had a story today, and I'll just give you the title. Pressure on Cardinals Kingsbury builds after Sean Payton rumors lost to Chargers. So, gentlemen, let me pose the question. Are we at the point where, one, the Cardinals need to move on from Cliff Kingsbury, and two, should that person that fills in be Sean Payton? Completely speculative. We don't know what the heck's going on right now behind closed doors, but let me hear your opinions on what this team needs to do moving forward to actually right the ship and be a competent team moving forward into the next season. Eric, let's start with you. So we're getting feisty here. Are we, we're going into a bye week and we're, uh, we're just going straight for the neck. And I'm, I just want to read something trending in Arizona on Twitter (laughs) and it's hashtag fire clip. Now what's the other one? I've got nothing. The other one is just the name Sean Payton. Hmm. And the the easiest answer for number two is yes. If Sean, if Sean Payton wants to come to your franchise, especially a franchise that even the people within it will probably say, hey, things could be better right now. If, if you say that they couldn't be, then you're blind or you're ignorant or you're straight up just ignoring what's going on. Sean Payton's that guy that comes in and turns it all around. So if Sean Payton's the option, then yes, I'm sorry. I I cannot have Cliff Kingsbury at that position if Sean Payton's also an option. But even if he's not, it's just every single week. And I'm a really big proponent of a results-based business. And coming into the season, it was, you know, Cliff and Kyler, the team has won more games than they did the season before each time. Well, guess what? That that trend has ended this year. You oh, can't yeah. point to that anymore. This season has been an absolute disappointment top to bottom. And I do think the spearhead of that is, is Cliff Kingsbury. And even with him saying, hey, I would relinquish play calling if it doesn't lead to us winning. And then them continuing to lose. And now you have your starting quarterback, your number one overall pick. That's as close as you're going to get to a quarterback, like saying that he doesn't like what the coach is doing. Like, I know it was pretty frank and out there. He didn't say Cliff by name, but Mm -hmm. things are not great right now. And you need to change some things. And you're not changing Kyler Murray. That just doesn't happen. Who's who's next? It it has to be him. Yeah, I I think – it's just Kyler's got to have a complete overhaul. And I think how he thinks like really how he thinks if that's really what we're going to get down to, like it's going to take a full effort from everybody, but I think it's got to, it's got to start at the top. And what, what do you think, Jeremy? Do you think, do you think it's the cliff experiment has run its course? I, I think if there was a time to do it, it'd be now. Yeah. I mean, it's a bye week You got an extra day of rest as well, because it's a Monday night football game coming up. Um, so, I mean, it would be the right time to do it if ever there was a right time to do it. You know, you never want to fire a head coach, but, um, it's either now or at the end of the season or or not at all. Um, in, in terms of Sean Payton now, I, what, what is he going to ask for? Mm -hmm. Is he going to ask to be the president of football operations as well? Should he be? At, yes. this, at this point, should he be? Should he be given? I mean, I, let's let's. I mean, here's. I guess. Let me add to the question. 
Should Cliff be gone and Steve Kimes stay, or should it be a complete overhaul, I, rejuvenate everything in the front office and go from there? Not everything, but obviously the two main parts. I think at this point they're pretty much a tied. package deal? Yeah, they're tied together. I agree. Um, but I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough to see because obviously Michael Bidwell has good relationships with both of those guys. Um, and it, it's not easy when you are in a business of this cutthroat. Yeah. And you make relationships with people, and you have to, you know, say, "Hey, it didn't work out." And you and, just handed them extensions. This yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not easy. And I, you know, I feel for Michael Bidwell in that, in, in that scenario. But obviously, I think they're tied together. Now, what does that mean for? I don't know if they are. What does that mean for Adrian Wilson, though? I yeah, that's the thing. Is is he the heir apparent? Well. And and that or do they want to move on from the complete Steve Kime regime? Do you, but do you put you you put all of this on Sean Payton? He comes in and he's now the president of football operations. He's putting the team together. Mm-hmm. He's also scheming up things for Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. He's he's putting all this on his plate. Like still got to trade for him too, right? Well, <laughs> and like <laughs> there's a lot of things involved here, and that and then is Adrian Wilson going to be like, hey man, it was my turn. You know, I, 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 it was going to be my turn. Like, I, I know he's going to have like a big, he would have a big say yeah. if he did set, stay, mm-hmm. he would have a big say in what happens in the organization. He would be kind of the GM, but I mean, I think Sean Payton would be, be ca- the guy, the guy at yeah. that point. Yeah. Does he want to be the number two again? That's yeah. That's- and, and are you going to risk losing someone like Adrian Wilson, who has been, you know, so good for this organization? From all, all all the things that we've yeah, heard, exactly, Eric. yeah, complete, exactly, yeah, hundred percent agree with you there, uh, Eric. What what were you saying there with the uh, you don't think they're complete a com- uh, a complete package? I, I should say. I don't think that one hundred percent. If one of them goes, they they both go. I think it's way more likely that Cliff would be gone than Kime because of Kime's long-standing relationship with the team, yeah. and also ha- could he have done his job better? Yes, even he would admit that. But you are seeing some of these rookies produce, not Trey McBride as much on the offensive catching end. He's had some good blocks today. But yeah. a MyJ Sanders, a Cam Thomas, a Lasita Smith stepping up. Like, there's enough there with Kime to say, okay, there are some positive elements here, but there's obviously something you're missing. And if you're bringing Sean Payton in, he's going to want to have all the control, but I don't think he's going to want to be as, like, tight fist. I do absolutely everything. I think he'd be fine coming in and saying, hey, the th- three of us, Adrian Wilson, Steve Kime, Sean Payton, like we all have final say in this. We all go in on the decisions, but we take more power out of Kime's hand. We still give it to Sean, who's also the coach. I just, I get that they got their extensions together. I get that you kind of would view them as a, a, a package deal, but Kime's been around for longer. And I think there's more of a reason to move on from the head coach than there is the GM. Although I think that, you can say that there's reason to move on from both. But I, I don't think that if you're going to cut bait with one, that automatically means you're revamping the whole front office and everything. I, I just don't see that happening. So same question then to you, Eric. If they do bring in Sean Payton and Steve Kime is still here, does Steve Kime want to be a number two? Like, the, it, uh, Well, if, that's, it, I think that's then that's up to him, right? If he, if he, he has, if he has a problem with it, then he can then he can walk away with it because at the end of the day, if you're an organization, your goal needs to be to win. And this franchise isn't doing that. Mm-hmm. They're just not. And 
Steve Kime has made some good moves. The Zach Ertz trade was a good move, but he's also made some that haven't been panning out as well. I think that if Steve Kime in this position, if he's going to get paid the same, if his title's not going to change, but you're going to bring in somebody who's won a Super Bowl, somebody who has had success, and you're going to say this person needs some power and you're still going to have some and you're unwilling to accept that, well, then at that point, then maybe you and Cliff are a package deal. But I feel like that opportunity should at least be presented to, hey, take, take a step back. We need to do something different to win. The same thing that Cliff maybe should have taken a step back and given up play calling, but he didn't. <laughs> you, if you got to give some, if you got to give something up to get better, and you're not willing to do that, then you can't sit in front of a football player and tell them to do, to do the same. Yep. And that means to me, you got to be gone from your job. You yep. just have to. So here's my take. I think it's, <laughs> I I I get the longevity of Kyle being there, everything like that. But the point of this football team is complete embarrassment. Let's be plain and simple. They're on hard knocks, and hard knocks can't even show everything because of how dysfunctional this team is right now. You've got Cliff <laughs> well, no, they weren't. They weren't there. They, oh, yeah. The cameras, I forgot. The they weren't there, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the 100 there. cameras that catch everything. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But uh, you've got Cliff Kingsbury, who's supposed to be an offensive guru, can't get this offense to get fi- – like, cannot figure this out, offense out, had six weeks, seven weeks to – or had a full offseason to get Marquis Hollywood-Brown, the offense in tune – Obviously, injuries happen, all that stuff, without DeAndre Hopkins there. They didn't do it. I don't think they did it to the to the point where everyone's touting Cliff Kingsbury as this great guy, great offensive guru. And Steve Kime did not – I'm sorry, he he has failed in the free agent department for me this year because you've got – Yeah, no, you're not wrong. You've pass got, rush was fine today, though. Pass rush was fine. <laughs> they, when they finally play my Jay Sanders, yeah. Yeah. They got uh, they got to the quarterback. J.J. Watt played off the edge. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, so here's the thing. I mean, let's look at it. Cody Ford. Traded for Cody Ford. What happens? He comes in right away, gets hurt. IR. Trade for Trayvon Mullen to come and take over for Antonio Hamilton, who went down with that freak accident. Should have been starting type reps. What happens? Traded for him, and he was hurt. Didn't hardly play. He just now is starting to make plays. And then who was the other name I was I brought up the other day? Oh, man. I'm have, Oh, Robbie Anderson. Mm. Today, he One finally catch. is positive in, 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 in catches <laughs> catch. or with, with yardage now. Yeah. He was negative four before today. And now he's, what, 13 yards, I think? Something like that? Well, they can't use him how other teams would use him, which would be as a deep threat, because, number one, they have two guys that are already in that position. And, number two, Kyler... But they didn't have Brown. They didn't have Brown. They Ky- still didn't use him. Kyler doesn't have enough time to throw. Yeah. So, I, I think I think they have to be a package deal, and I think it's it's one of those deals where Michael Bidwell has to take this one on the, take this one on the chin because he just handed out two extensions. Uh, recognize and, and look inward and realize that this was a mistake and move forward. I think that's the best thing to do at this point. I think we're all seeing the end of this season crash and burn just like we have the last couple of years, and they didn't have a good start to this year, so it's it's just bad. There's nothing you yeah. can hang your hat, hat on on this team right now, and if there is no kind of improvement, no no desperation over these last five games, why not? Yeah, I mean, it, it, they should be gone. Um I wanted to bring up something that I heard on the sidelines after that fourth and one call yeah. in the second quarter. The Cardinals were up ten to seven at the time, yep. so the Cardinals are winning. They're they're moving the ball pretty well. It, obviously, the call was not great, but as I'm walking to the other side of the field after the interception, I hear people yelling from the stands, "Fire Cliff!" They're up ten to seven at this point. Yep. That's where this fan base is at right now. Yep. They don't trust this team. Nope. They don't they they don't even when they have a lead in the first half, 
They don't trust this team. And they shouldn't. No, they, they shouldn't. shouldn't. At this They've point, they should. No reason to trust them. Not nope. a single one. No, nope. they're and, yelling "fire Cliff" up ten to seven. Inconsistencies, just constant, you know, non-answers of why things are wrong. You can tell me you can execute left and right every day, yep. twice on Sunday, and and I'm sorry, but like, there's got to be more than that. There's got to be more than that. We can't live off execution. Here's Cliff Kingsbury. And you don't, and you don't hold on, see, hold on, Eric. Here's Cliff Kingsbury saying if, if he's <laughs> concerned about his job security. Are you at all concerned about your job security at this point? He said no. I'm not. He's not. That's that's all he said. I'm not. Unless they've got a handshake agreement that nobody knows that he's for sure safe through the season. Maybe there's a clause in the contract. It's like you you fire me, you you got to pay it all out in full right yeah, away. Sure. Oh, sure. Right away. Wow. <laughs> it's going to be a pretty penny for both of them if that's the case. I I would imagine. <laughs> so, I, I, and I, I I was going to say even with him, like with the the constant non-answers and the basically to me it looks like somebody who like in an SNL sketch is trying to be a head coach. Yeah. Like they're, that's like they're great, an actor, they're oh, an actor whose case, their case study is like the role of a lifetime is just like the generic high school football coach who is like, just watched countless interviews over and over again and programmed their brain. to yep. respond. Like there's nothing there. And then you go to hard knocks and the, the only emotion there. you get out of the guy, <laughs> he, he just adds a curse word. He just adds a curse word. In He's front a of Leo. What he's saying. Instead of saying, we have to <laughs> instead of saying instead of saying we have to execute he, he goes and guys guys we have to bleep and execute and then it's like dramatic music in the background what are, like what are you saying and it's every like not even, even dan campbell makes more sense when he's getting fired up like you're just <laughs> adding the, you're just adding a curse word to the same line over and over and over and over there's, he, there's he just, just got, nothing and there. he says the same thing before every game too yeah 60 minutes, 60 minutes, let's bleep and do this. Let's get off Guys, to a good we, start. We know, we know what we got to do. We know we have opportunities in front of us. We yeah. just got to play complimentary football. So uh, everybody put your hands in and you know what you got to do. Task is in front of us. Get Come a on, break. Guys. Yeah. Yeah, you get a break. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's, that's just how it works, though. That That's how NFL coaches sometimes are. And unfortunately, I maybe it's not. I, I think that is not how I'm going to tell you right now. That is not how NFL head coaches are, because I will tell you right now, I've seen transcripts of Sean McVay and he gives full blown chapters out of books for quotes. But that Belichick guy, does it, a, but Belichick there's, there's doesn't. Yeah. And, and, there's a balance. And, and, and you can technically say that Cliff Kingsbury comes from the Belichick, oh, yeah, Belichick coaching tree. He does for sure. So, I mean, yeah, like no, I, I, it makes sense. Yeah. I, with his non-answers and with coaches giving non-answers, I, I at my core don't necessarily have a problem with that because I think that's just kind of like a construct of how everything is just kind of set up. Like they're not in the best position to give these detailed answers and they obviously don't want to give away their game plan. But with Belichick, he's giving non-answers. And then as soon as he leaves, everybody's going, Oh my God, he probably has some insane scheme that he doesn't want to let somebody in on. And he's figured out the other team. And we just know that he's just perfect at what he does. When Cliff does it, you just does. Think that's, like that's literally all he has. Yeah. Like that's what it feels like. It feels like there's there's nothing being hidden. That's honestly, genuinely what he thinks needs to happen. How does your team fix this? We need to execute better. To him, maybe there's nothing else more than that, which is why that's the answer every time. That's the problem. Exactly. If you can't find an answer to the ongoing question, that is the problem. But I will say we've got to hit on one positive note about the only positive note that came out of this game, in my opinion, would be James Conner. And the dude uh, ran the rock and ran the rock well. He he uh, t- 
tallied 120 yards on 25 carries. Had four, he averaged 4.8 yards a tote. Had a long of 20. It's the uh, fourth most yards of his career for a single game. And I believe it's top five for carries. And after the game, he said, like, this is the this is a workload I want. So actually number two for carries for his career. So, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely, definitely a big game for him. First 100-yard game as a Cardinal. Uh, I think the last time he had a 100-yard game was like week six of 2020. So it's been a while. And that is what happens when you don't have another running back that you want to trust. Well, <laughs> like when you have a running back running for 120 yards on 25 carries, you would think they would use play action more and get the ball to those two receivers mm-hmm. that are game breakers. Mm-hmm. And Hopkins had four catches. 87 yards. But yeah, four catches, six targets. Uh, crazy that Marquise Brown actually had more targets and receptions after he was supposedly going to be on a pitch count, snap count, whatever you want to call it. So that was interesting, but yeah, I uh, you can't fault James, and especially post game, you could tell it. You could tell it was hurting him. You could tell it was hurting him that loss. I mean, just obviously took the time to talk with us, so we definitely respect that out of him. Uh, But yeah, you know, obviously Kyler Murray was the second leading rusher, seven uh, carries, fifty six yards, had the touchdown. Just, I mean, yeah, it's just the outside of Connor and Murray, there's really nothing. Keontae Ingram, two uh, carries, five yards. That was about it. So, I guess, what is your take on just being able to run the rock? I mean, for all for the loss, for all the bad that we saw at the end of the game, that was definitely a high point, especially with the patchwork O line that just continues to seem like it has different starters every week. So, just what was your take on uh, Connor's performance? Either either one of you. Let's go, Jeremy. This time, I I thought he was good. I thought he was great. Um, obviously, the you don't want the fumble. That that was tough. He did, oh yeah, yep. Uh, it, it wasn't great, and it was you know momentum was looking good on that for on that drive as well. It was, um, so that's tough to lose that fumble. Um, but I mean, he, a running back's going to fumble. It happens, yeah. Especially when you have twenty five carries. Obviously, it was early in the game. He did have the receiving touchdown. I thought the running backs uh, were good in in the passing game. Obviously, only three catches for James Conner, but they were. Um, uh, it was it was good because they got they got positive yards out of it. Corey Clement had one catch for eight yards. That was his best play and only <laughs> good play of the game. But yeah, it was, it was first play. down. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a huge. Good play. It was a huge play. Um, so I thought the running backs were good. Obviously Ingram didn't get as many touches because Connor got the full work- workload today. But I think if you have a, a guy like Connor, you just you just feed him the rock, man. Like and and that's they need to start using Kyler. As as a weapon in that, like they need to they need to see if they could get someone to just have their eyes in the backfield looking at yep. looking at James Conner, man. Like Kyler, they can use Kyler in that in that. Like they definitely can. And he's he's a weapon. He's got legs. He showed it on the rushing touchdown that he had today yep. and the fifty six yards that he had. More. They need more from that. They they. I mean, when when Kyler has over a hundred yards, what are they like nine and one or something like that? Yeah, something something crazy like that. I mean, it's just, yeah, if you can utilize why Kyler Murray is good, I mean, plain and simple, I mean, he's dual threat. That is why he's who he is. You got to use a use your you, good Use your good players in the way that they're they, meant to be used. Exactly. Woo. Like Austin Eckler Woo. was used in probably every way that he could be used in the right way and has been the whole season. He's so shifty, man. Utilize your guy. He's so shifty. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You can see it. Like it. He's scared. Jumps off the field. Like when you're on the field. Like when you're on the field. Like 
the players are like just sliding past him yeah. and like he's just going around them and spinning and and people are bouncing off it's crazy to see like and, and Connor's kind of the same way in that like people bounce off of him but like Connor's sneaky fast yeah sneaky fast you can't see it because he's just so built Big, yeah but like he's when he gets going in the open field there's not a lot of people that can catch him as well yeah and I gotta say, man, Justin Herbert, Vance Joseph hit the hit the nail on the head with just the dude does not feel, see, worry about pressure. That dude stepped up and was. He should have thrown it two picks today easily. One, the one to did Hamilton. You guys see that, the, go ahead, uh, sorry, Eric. Go ahead. No, no. You, I was just gonna say, did you see the did you see the the broadcast today? List the heights of of Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert oh, next to yeah. each other. The tallest versus shortest. And, and they they did Kyler a little bit dirty with that, but. A big reason for that, it has, it just it has to be the height, right? Like the pocket's collapsing. It's not like he was sitting there pretty the whole time, but he just, he didn't care. He was just there and he delivered. Yep. Yeah. And he was pretty good in the running game too. Four, four, four rushes for 38 yards. You don't see that very often for Justin Herbert. No, he had a huge run too. <laughs> yeah. where he, he almost had a touchdown. If he had just he, used all that six foot five frame of his. He oh, I know that was, that was, that was a business decision. He had Buda Baker on the other side of that block ready to unleash poor pain Buddha. on that guy. Poor Buda, man. Poor Buda. Yeah. Him and James, dude, those, those guys, you could feel it that this loss just that. I think that they felt like that was the season. That's Eric, how I felt. Eric, Eric on, on, on my way off the field today, I look over and I see Buda Baker. He's the only one walking down the Cardinal sideline after shaking hands oh. with people, just hanging his head like, man, like he he really cares, Eric. He really cares about this team. I know that that brings me to like when Tyler, when you asked me how I felt about James Conner's performance, obviously, like the, the first word that came to mind was, oh, great. Like, I, I love it. You know, performance wise, that's awesome. But the word that I settled on was it, it made me sad because Players like James Conner, players like J.J. Watt, like Buda Baker, these veterans who came to this team expecting a winning situation, performances like that, they shouldn't come in losses. Nope. You know what I mean? They shouldn't come in games where it seems like these problems that just plague the, the franchise as a whole is impacting these individual players that, like you say, like they care, they play hard. I mean, this is not a young team. This is a team full of experienced veterans assembled together to win right now. And James Conner, it's amazing he can put up that line. But there's nobody there complimenting him to help you guys get the win. Nope. Like, awesome. Great. He did what he wants to do. And stat-wise, that's amazing. But if you asked him, I guarantee you he would trade it all for a win. And that's that makes me actually sad. Because Buda Baker is putting his body on the line. Mm -hmm playing through an injury that should not be played through. And God knows what else. Yeah, and, exactly. And, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And that's just what we know. And they're just, it sucks, dude. It just sucks that they could put up these performances. Deandre Hopkins can still look like Deandre Hopkins, but they just still can't get out of their own way. They still get ravaged by injuries, which is still a part of in it, even though it's a small part. I just, it makes me upset to see this team not be in a position to succeed because every single move they made and every move they didn't make is because they expected to be there and they just can't. Uh, I wanted to say, Tyler, also, we didn't give props to the offensive linemen that were out there today. 
they were pretty dang good to, yeah. to help James Conner. 100% deserve a lot of credit. I mean, to help James Conner get that type of game. Yep. Um, a lot of the backups in there today. Yep. Oh, Almost, yeah. I'm pretty sure the whole line. <laughs> Outside of Kelvin Beecham. <laughs> we're all is, backups. Yeah, original starter is the only original starter on the team right now that is playing as Kelvin Beecham. So give shout out to them. Uh, obviously, not great in the in the fact that they gave up a couple sacks as well, but... Um, you'll that's take, that's gonna happen. Yeah, you'll, you'll take. Uh, it was one sack actually. Okay. So I yeah, mean, like, and and Kyler got out of another one where he just threw it away as well. Mm-hmm. But um, so so shout out to the offensive line and shout out to Isaiah Simmons, man. That guy's a baller. He like, is. He's he's improved so much in coverage since week one when everybody was bashing him, Eric, uh, on his lack of coverage of Travis Kelsey. Like, mm-hmm. come on, nobody can cover Travis Kelsey. Jalen uh, Ramsey <laughs> saw that today that he cannot cover Travis. he got nobody burned can. today yeah eric eight tackles one sack one tackle for loss a qb hit like come on this this guy's past deflection yeah incredible right eric vance joseph you have to applaud him in the way that he's that he's handled him because they gave him way too much at the beginning something that i harped on that a lot of people harped on going into the season they recognized it they scaled him back maybe a little bit too much but they made him want it they made him eager to do it and now he's coming out, he's delivering. But honestly, out of the duo of Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins, the guy that's impressed me the most this year is Zayvon Collins because my expectations were lower. Million percent. And he, he has been a rock. He's been what they wanted out of him. And his athleticism has shined. He's not making the same mistakes that he was making in the past year. Like It's very nice to see that duo not be like number one on the list of things that need to change going into the bye week because – there were times where they were the number one things that needed to change. And I just love to see not only Isaiah, but also Zavin really step up to the plate when they've been needed to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I got to agree with you there with Zavin. As much as Isaiah has taken a step forward, I think Zavin's been more consistent. I think uh, at this point, I think next year he's a captain. I really do think that. I think, I think the guys respect him a lot, I too. Think he, they, yeah, I think he's taken that leadership role in the locker room. We can feel that. You know, he's more articulate. He wants to talk to us. He wants to give us his takes. Like, the guy is clearly taking on that role of being that Mike Backer on and off the field and just handling himself right. And, and he was so close to that pick, too. Yeah, and that's that's brutal. But, I mean, he's he's doing that. Those are some of the things that I think that's why they wanted to bring him in, to be able to be that constant every-down guy on top of, I can still make these big plays. Like, I think Jordan Hicks in pass coverage, not as great as Zavin in pass coverage. That's just me. That's veteran. But I think at this point, the 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 Jordan Hicks era, people don't have to be like, wow, we really let that guy go. It's like, okay, turn the tide over to, to Zavin and let him go. And I think we're seeing that finally. So that is definitely, yeah, for me, it's definitely Zavin. And then Isaiah, for, for definitely the two guys that have stepped up the most on the defensive side of the ball, obviously we know what we're going to get out of Buda Baker. Uh, I think, you know, Marcus Golden hasn't had the best year. A couple guys just have really down years. J.J. Watt, incredible year so far. Uh, just just solid. Zach Allen, incredible year so far. But for me, yeah, it's got to be those linebackers because, yeah, the, I mean, expectations were really low. I mean, we thought that he was going to lose uh, – Zayvon was going to lose his starting job training camp. So Nick Vigil. Exactly. Exactly, who is on the IR. Nick Vigil was, was, was the guy for a little bit of time. He, <laughs> I think – didn't he start? Didn't he start training camp? He started calling a little bit, plays? but I think well, there was a couple people calling plays, and, and then, then it was and yeah. then it was Simmons, and, and then Simmons it was Jalen the Thompson. But think, but think about this. Think about how Isaiah Simmons he was benched basically for mm-hmm. two, three mm-hmm. weeks. Practice can't practice right, can't play, and now he's turned a corner. And you know the defense, 
not the problem today. No, no, no. And here's one more thing. James Conner, man, his performance should be galvanizing for this team. They should be they should be throwing flowers at him. They should it should be rah rah <laughs> in the locker room. It should be celebrating a win, celebrating this performance. Instead, sure. it's a wasted. It's wasted. Plain and simple. They wasted 120 yards of James Conner tonight. Plain and simple. And it was yeah. And it was squarely on the offense. The defense came away with four sacks, six passes defense, the near uh, fumble recovery, the near interception, like all of these things. And they get the. I guess they get the last bit of like, oh man, you couldn't make the stop, but that's literally because the offense got off the field or couldn't stay on the field, plain and simple. So it's just, yeah, it's 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 tough to see. They did what they needed to do against Justin Herbert, in my opinion. They had to get a pass rush. They had to get to him. They did that, and they just, I the, the offense lost this game for him. Let's take a look at the schedule ahead. Wait, before we get to that. Okay. We can't leave it. We can't leave this segment without a quick hard knocks. Uh, not even a recap because we don't need to get into it because there wasn't enough shown for us to even dive into it. So give me your uh, favorite part of Hard Knocks, I guess, because I'm, we're not diving into this episode because things were left out and it doesn't deserve to get the full credit. I'll be completely <laughs> honest with you guys. So my favorite, my favorite part, Tyler, was uh, was not watching it actually because I saw everybody tweet about how there was nothing in it, and I usually watch Hard Knocks really? the day after. Okay, and I just I started watching it and I thought to myself. If there is nothing here, I do not need 45 minutes minutes of just football speak for no reason. So I left it. Yep. I said, I can, I can keep it off the tweets, and I'm confident with that because, like you said, nothing. Not a single thing in there. I'm trying to think. Because I, I watched it late at night after I, I had covered the, the Suns game yeah. that night, and there was a whole Patrick Beverly situation. Oh, um, geez, yeah. So I'm trying to remember what what happened I, so it was about monday night football obviously and then you know everybody was sad a lot about antonio hamilton yes i love antonio hamilton's yep. passion man that dude's passionate about football he's so he was so close to a pick today again that's another near pick for him yeah yep man yep. and he got hurt today he came back into the game yeah so i mean like the whole antonio hamilton stuff i i, I like that a lot will for hernandez's sure. homecoming was really yeah cool too. that was cool for him to go out and, and wave the flag it looked heavy man and for him yeah to, for that, him to peck, that peck strain must be feeling pretty <laughs> that's good what I was trying to, that's what i was about to get to <laughs> maybe know. maybe it made it worse maybe he's gonna be out for longer oh, now because no. he strained it waving that thing uh but yeah so for me obviously what i was getting to was we did not see or hear any mention of eno benjamin who was surprisingly released last what two weeks ago i was a little bit ago now, uh, still don't really have much clarity outside of the report that he had an altercation with the assistant coach, was released the next day. He even uh, tweeted out that there was nothing on Hard Knocks before it even dropped, so that was pretty funny. I uh, liked your cameo. <laughs> two out of three, baby. Uh, but the other one that we got to touch on, and, and we really haven't even got to explain this yet, uh, Sean Coogler no longer with the team for allegedly mm. groping a woman in Mexico City. He was dismissed right away. Uh, can't the can't, hard knocks cameras picked up a little bit of it. They were able to turn a little bit of that audio for the uh, production. Uh, and yeah, he just plain and simple was he's no longer on the team. Here's Calvin Beach. I'm talking about that actually. I mean, it's tough, you know, but that's the National Football League. You know, it's it's, it's hard to say um, what's going on there, uh, but it's hard to, to have, you know, anybody lose their job. But in the middle of the season, losing your, your, your position coach as well. So, I mean, like, it's hard for that group. And, and Eric, since you didn't get to hear, he he said, you know, it's hard to, you know, talk about the situation, obviously, 
because he doesn't know all the details. But yeah. he's saying, you know, in the middle of the season, it's hard to lose your position coach. Yep. And and I guess the yeah thing, yeah uh, go for it, Eric. I just like I, I get that it's that it's hard to lose your position coach. Football wise, this has got to be tough. I am extremely happy that they they immediately cut ties with him. Like, there's obviously zero room, zero tolerance for that. But what is going on? Yeah. yeah. With this organization, dude. Yep. It's just every month, every three weeks, every like it it just doesn't stop. It just doesn't. There's somebody off the field doing something they should never be doing. That yep. actually was and my favorite part I, of, of Hard Knocks when Cliff came and talked to the team and he said, No more. I don't want to have to answer anything. Yeah. I don't want to have to answer any questions any from the media. Dumb bleep off the field yeah. and the effort on the field. I don't want to I don't want to have to answer those questions anymore. That was the most passionate I've seen Cliff all season. That was Besi- besides to me, him that was yelling the most at Kyler. fed up Cliff that I've seen all season. Yes. But yeah, it's just it's one of those things, of course, yeah. Can't do it. Second uh, assistant coach to be relieved of his duties or put in his his re- resignation for assaulting a woman, groping a woman, whatever you want to say. Allegedly, allegedly, there's still obviously you know legal process to go through. We don't know a lot outside of what happened, outside of what we were told. Uh, you know, we actually asked Cliff Kingsbury about coaching changes before this all this report came out, and he straight up told us there wasn't any. So that was really fun to uh, go through as well. And on top of that, Don Shumper is no longer on the team as well. So Spencer Whipple is taking more of a role with the running backs now. And you've got uh, Steve, I, I believe it's Hayden, Heaton, is uh, the tight ends coach, is taking over more of the run game plan. And I guess today he did a pretty dang good job. So uh, we'll see what that looks like moving forward. Obviously a terrible situation yeah, definitely need to know your limits. Don't be don't be doing stuff like that. Uh, really puts a damper on that whole trip. Really, I mean, obviously they got a big loss, but that on top of it does is does nobody any favors and just adds to just the disappointment, embarrassment, and yeah, everything that this team's feeling right now. But like Jeremy said, let's look forward to uh, the next couple games and if there really is any kind of glimmer of hope that's at the bottom of the pool right now for this team. Eric, uh, I want I want to get your thoughts. If they win out, right? Nine wins. Okay. Nine wins. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. <laughs> Do, they they got to win out. I mean, but it's an easy schedule, man. Like, come on. You got New England. I, I don't think you can say great. easy schedule anymore with this Cardinals. Yeah, but it's New England. It's not a team that takes advantage of that. It's New England. It's Denver. It's Tampa. It's Atlanta. And then, obviously, got to play for all the marbles the last week against San Francisco. <laughs> Eric. <laughs> what do you foresee in the next five weeks after the bye week? Well, I foresee absolutely no marbles being on the line in the last <laughs> week because it, it's not it's not going to happen. It's just it's not it's not like this team is in this position where they need to win out because of just some unfortunate luck that could not have been avoided. This team gets in their own way. They yeah. have not. Yeah. They haven't shown enough for me to be confident to win two of those games three of those games, they're not going to win all of them. And they've already had a mini bye week and they came out of it less prepared than they were before. Like (laughs) what's going to happen here? What's going to change over this week? Unless you're firing somebody, nothing, not a thing. And if they can scrape together undefeated for the rest of the season, shut me up. I will raise my hand and I will say I was wrong, but I am I am so 100% on board with the fact that there is 0% chance they win out and there's 0% chance they make the playoffs. It's done. It's over. It's mock 
draft season. At what point, though, Eric, I'll ask both of you guys this. At what point do you say, all right, we can't keep sending Kyler out there. He's our future. He's getting banged up. At what point do you just scrap it and say, hey, next season, man? I think they're shooting themselves in the foot if they do that. Plain and simple. You got Buda Baker out there playing on one leg, and, and you're going to have Kyler Murray sit when he's healthy. Mm. That way but should they have Buddha? But this, should they have Buddha Baker out there playing? <laughs> he should not be out there right now. You, you really think like Buddha Baker's not going to play? Right? No, that that's all. Like Buddha's. But should it be? Should it be up to Buddha Baker, or should it be up to right? Hundred percent medical professional. Right. And, and, uh, and we talked about this. Not saying he wasn't cleared. But, right. We talked oh. about this earlier in the year, like with 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 Tua. Like, yeah. It, it, like players are going to want to go back in no matter what. They're gonna say whatever it is that needs, you know, possibly say. Who's been feeling himself lately too? Hey, yeah. Well, I don't. You know, I, I thought. I'm about I'd to get... say we're gonna get off on a tangent if was, we get into that. Was... We get into some two attack of Okay, so so here's the thing. Here's the thing. For me, they've got they've got the Patriots, they've yes. got the Broncos, they've got the Bucks, they've got the Falcons, they've got the Niners. Mm-hmm. I personally don't know if they win any of these games. Two and three. Ooh. Okay. Two and three. I don't know if they win any of these games. I have. There's nothing. Outside of James Conner running wild, but even that they can't win a game. They, I, I just don't. They're they're disconnected. It's just it's they're not playing complimentary football. The defense is doing everything it can until it gets completely gassed. The offense is doing no favors for anybody on that team. I just the Patriots. I mean Belichick's going to scheme up and absolutely outcoach Cliff Kingsbury, plain and simple. I see that happening a mile away. Broncos. It'll be the game where Russ actually cooks. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. How funny is it? How funny is it gonna Four or be five touchdowns. when Russell Wilson is like thirty-one for forty-two passing, three hundred yards, three touchdowns throwing, one on the ground. And he'll it's be, just the all it's the it's the only week that he looks yeah. like Russ from Seattle. And he'll be and it's the because guy, he sees the same Cardinals jerseys across from him. And he'll be the guy uh, yelling at his defensive uh, lineman. Uh, oh, in case you guys missed that. He, defensive lineman yelled in his face. <laughs> uh, then, he was just saying he's ready to ride. And then you've got the Falcons. Then you've got the Falcons, who are five and seven, shockingly, and are somehow They're still. They're a game out. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Just about yeah, two games out. I think a game and a half. They're yeah. they're right behind uh, Tampa. Oh, oh, for the division. Yeah, for the division. Yeah. Right. Yep, 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 for sure. And, and yeah, Falcons are, are a little sneaky. Got Cordell Patterson, got Marcus Mariota, who throws picks, but also runs in touchdowns. And then you've got San Francisco, who did have Elijah Mitchell. Uh, he has a sprained MCL. Then you've got, uh, I think, McCaffrey had knee irritation. So stuff to watch, but definitely I think by week 18 they should be good. And I think we'll see a very uh, similar showing that we did in Mexico City. Well, here's the possibility, though. If they continue to win and the Seahawks continue to lose, they could have clinched something by then. Yeah, that's true. So that's there's true. a possibility the Cardinals come into that. That's true. More at full strength than the 49ers do. Here's why I say they're going to go two and three. Because they always... Win that one game they're not supposed to. Right. And I think I, I think Denver probably is that game. It, it'll be very close. The line will probably be like two points or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they're good on the road. Especially good in dome stadiums, they're gonna they're they're probably gonna beat Atlanta. Okay, and then and then they lose the other three. Okay, Uh, yeah, that's what I got. That's hey, that's optimistic. And the Dolphins are going undefeated the rest. (laughs) Uh, But yes, okay. So we've got the Niners at seven and four, Seahawks at six and five. 
Cardinals at four and eight. Rams are see you later. See you next year. <laughs> Allen Robinson's getting surgery. You you guys are done. Three and eight. Uh, yeah, there's, I think if they, they have, they're in the same situation where I'm like, mm, should they put Stafford back out no, there this season? I think they're in a different situation. I think they're in a situation where they're, they know their line can't hold up. They know all these things can't happen. Like don't play them. And then I, but who knows what happens next year? But yeah, I, I just, uh, it's, it's one of those things where I, I don't think they can get in the playoffs anymore. I really don't. They need so much help from the outside. Wild card is basically, I mean, you've got the commanders at seven and seven and five right now, which I don't think anybody expected, and they're the last wild card spot. Eric, all four teams in the NFC East are in the playoff picture right now. Just like we all expected. He muted himself? I, okay, no, he's back. Okay. No, I'm just no, I'm literally I'm literally trying to process that. That every single NFC East team because it wasn't that long ago that it was like none of these teams should make the playoffs. <laughs> and now it's all of them. And I, I just don't understand the people who really believe like this team can, can turn anything around. I, I not, not anything against the players. I, I think the players are good enough to win some football games and just as they've been good enough to win a lot before this week and before the bye. But they're not going to be able to put together a full four quarters, let alone four games, let alone five games, and let alone winning every single one of them. And I don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, you have to look at the draft. But you do. And you have to look at how you're going to build yourself up to bounce back from this. Because, Tyler, you said it best about 10 minutes into the episode. This is embarrassing. This is all embarrassing. This is not how things are supposed to be. But they are. And they need to be fixed. So, what do you do? What foundation do you lay after this bye week? Do you keep it the same? Do you try to change it a little bit? Do you completely rearrange it? Like, where do you go from here? How do you build yourself back up? And how do you not embarrass yourself again? Well, you just took the words right out of my mouth because that was going to be my next question. Where do we go from here? Like Blink-182 said, <laughs> where do we go from here? Because I'm not feeling this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, uh, I guess, I guess, let me let me pose it a little bit okay. different. All right. Over the next five games, what do you need to see out of this team for it to not, I guess, to have a positive outlook moving into next season? I would like to see Kyler not uh, regress anymore. Okay. Um, meaning that he needs to figure out how to throw the ball down the field again. Give me offense and a defense. Okay. Give me two. So Kyler needs to throw the ball down the field more. Okay. And be more consistent at it. Oh, yeah. The Hollywood Brown two, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns that he missed to Hollywood you Brown. You were on the today. field. You saw him. I, I mean, you saw him better than we all did. He overthrew Hollywood on a go route. I don't know how you overthrow a guy that runs a 4-3 like that. But he did, and it was out of bounds. And then the, the other one was an underthrow that landed out of bounds as well. Mm-hmm. So I, Gambo said that he has the yips. I, yeah, I saw that. I, I, I don't like, – I don't – think that's you know it's a little bit over the top but like he can do it we've seen him throw the deep ball there's there's been crazy throws that he's made to DeAndre Hopkins against the Bills and for the Hale Murray uh and then the obviously the there's been a couple really great deep shots that he had to Christian Kirk when he was still here Oof. so like that he can get that connection with with guys on this team Rondell Moore when he comes back healthy that, that's a big win. That, I mean, what, that would be incredible if he's able to oh, yeah. start to get the ball down the field more. And it's not necessarily on the offensive line when it comes to that. It, it's on him because those guys 
are they can get down the field pretty quickly. They can run down the field in four seconds to forty yards. Yep. So I mean, he could get it if he could get it there and start to. I'm getting on a tangent, but I think that's important for the rest of the so season. Deep passes offense. Deep. Tyler Murray getting getting the ball Stretch down the, the field. field and having chemistry down the field. Stretch the field defensively. Um, they stopped the run pretty well today, mm-hmm. but you can't have your your corners be the ones that have the second and third most tackles on the team. No, that does not usually yield good things. It, whether it's in the run game support that that they have to you know bail out the defensive line and linebackers, or whether they're giving up tons of catches over the middle of the field and to the outside. I think the corners need to step it up when it comes to that. Marco Wilson had a great pass deflection today where he dove and and, and mm-hmm. was able to was able to bat it down. I need to see that from all the corners today or moving, moving forward, forward this season. It. Okay, Eric, what 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 are your two takes? Offense, defense, what do you need to see uh, to, to feel somewhat is good? It, is it cheating if I have the same answer for both? You have to say it differently, though. Okay, so on <laughs> offense, I want them to stay healthy. And on defense, I don't want them to get injured. I... <laughs> look, 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 man. Okay, if I'm giving real answers, I do like I, like the Kyler Murray. I need to see the Kyler Murray from last year, not as much from this year. I need to see more spots and glimpses of that. Uh, but at the same time, none of that's really going to move me for next season. Nothing that happens this season is going to move me for next season. So on defense, if Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins can just keep up a whole year and end the year strong playing that way, like that's great. But at the end of the day, I I need everybody to get out of this season with no major career threatening injuries. I don't want any more Zach Ertz's going down. I don't want anything like like these veterans, like Buda Baker, J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, James Conner, like there's there's nothing for this season, man. There's nothing to actually play for, and you'll never get them to not play for something when they're out there. It's pride. They want to win, and I would never suggest that they would do the opposite. But I just hope that somebody's either career trajectory isn't changed or season trajectory or whatever through an injury in Week 16 – when the team is out of the playoff picture, it would just really put another damper on it. So if they can escape this season healthy, I'll be happier than if they actually do something and somebody gets massively injured. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a good take. I would say for me, really on both sides of the ball, I think it's a similar same question type deal I, or same answer type deal. I think it's just you get your young guys involved. If, if, if we're really going to go through and really try to have a positive outlook for next season, it's get your young guys involved now. Force feed them. Groom them to the point where when they get into training camp, they know what they're doing. They know what their job is. They don't have the yips. They don't have any of the things that everybody's saying they've got. (laughs) That's, I think, for me, the biggest thing. Get your Keontae Ingram carries in there. I think James Conner still get to work, but make sure Ingram's taking some carries too. Myjay Sanders needs to play more than 20-something snaps a game. Let this dude go because clearly – Marcus Golden, Dennis Gardeck, they're they're just not doing it this year. So let the younger guys come in. Cameron Thomas, like, develop the guys that are going to be around. Cameron Thomas had a sack today. Yeah, yeah. Develop the guys that are going to be around this team for the next couple years that are going to be cheap. Because let's remember, next year, Kyler's getting a lot more money. (laughs) So they're going to, I mean, they're going to be on a tightrope again, with trying to build this roster next year. So you need to really get everything you possibly can out of these young guys 
get them to veteran status as best as you can going into next season. Make sure they hit the offseason right. And, yeah, have a good offseason plan. I think that's what it, it starts in the offseason. Make sure these guys leave that last exit interview, whatever you want to call it, and they have a determination to get better because I think at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Buda Baker just exudes it. He gets guys around him to do it. So I think that's what it's going to take. And I think the guys that they have, MyJ Sanders, Cameron Thomas, Lasita Smith, you know, Trey McBride, he's a, he's he's stepping up his blocking. He's got to get better as a, as, a, as a pass catcher to, to really be a big part of this offense, which I think he could be. But you got to get these guys more looks. You got to get them just you, you got to get them more more time, plain and simple. You guys agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, and I, I, as I was saying, you got to force feed them. Yeah. Just, just throw McBride the ball. And also, I didn't notice Zach Ertz wasn't, you know, like he he. Obviously, he's he's injured and out mm-hmm. for the season. But like the past two games, they've been doing such a good job at spreading the ball around yeah. to other guys. That's a good yeah. That, that that's like one of the only positives that we've seen. They've been able to spread the ball around a lot. Yep. And um, hopefully, Trey McBride gets gets a lot more receptions as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, one more time. Twenty five, twenty four. The Chargers hand the Cardinals another loss. The uh, Cardinals drop to four and eight. Chargers move to six and five. Uh, Chargers keep their playoff hopes alive for the time being. The Cardinals just uh, dive deeper into the cellar. Outside of that, I don't really have anything else to say on this, guys. What about you? I'm good. Eric? Uh, this is fun. Isn't this fun? This is fun. <laughs> well, uh, it was 57 minutes of fun, Eric. <laughs> oh, man. That was a good time. You got anything else or no? No, I, I all I've said is needs to be said. Let's build a foundation for next year, and please, nobody get injured. And with that, we will uh, let everybody else get back to their evenings, mornings, afternoons, and what have you. Uh, once again, Tyler Drake with Cardinals Corner, Arizona Sports Podcast, joined by Eric Ruby and Jeremy Schnell. Uh, make sure you go follow Jeremy Schnell at, what is it? Uh, AZ Sports Devils on Twitter. You can find... Uh, well, what's your personal one, too? Oh, oh, JGS or JG sports underscore six and definitely go follow uh state of the sun devils uh podcast they got a bunch of stuff they got a uh, what kenny uh, dillingham just now uh hired so they new era lot, new yeah. era of sun devils so definitely go give them some love they give us a bunch of love so give it right back to them of course. they're gonna have a lot of what basketballs coming up next oh yeah yeah a lot of marcus bagley oh stuff boy about. that's fun so yeah definitely go check out their next pod uh you can catch eric when he returns back on 98 7 uh he will be part of the uh, afternoon updates and yeah until then i just gotta say it for everybody uh, i don't know how we'll do it But, uh, yeah, enjoy football. (laughs) Enjoy it. Let's go.